We are continuing our series in the Gospel of John. And this morning we're going to be looking at John chapter 10. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to John chapter 10? And before we get started, I just wanted to um, kind of set this up for you. Last week, Yvonne had a great question for us. And the question that she had for us was this. She asked, if you knew that it was your last 24 hours on earth, what would you do? What would you do? And we learn what Jesus did. Jesus had a meal with his disciples. And then Jesus proceeded to do something interesting. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, his loved ones. And this morning, I have a similar question for us, and the question is this. If you knew that it was your last 24 hours on earth, what would you say? What would you say to your loved ones, to your family, to your friends? What would be your last words? Recorded in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 is some of Jesus' last words to his disciples. This is Jesus' last lecture, if you will. Jesus' last sermon. Some of Jesus' last words to his disciples, those whom he loved. And so listen carefully as we look at John chapter 15. And this morning we're going to begin in verse 1. Listen carefully to Jesus' last words, some of Jesus' last words to his disciples. Listen carefully. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then Jesus says this. Jesus says, I am the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I never grow tired of Jesus' teachings. Jesus is such a master teacher. 
And here, Jesus uses something that's common, that's ordinary, that's familiar, that's part of the culture, something that the disciples would understand. And he uses something called grapevines, something that they would understand. And he uses vines, branches, and grapes as an object lesson. And Jesus repeats two key phrases over and over again. The first key phrase that Jesus repeats is the words, Remain in me. Remain in me. Jesus uses these these words some seven, eight times in the passage that we just read. Remain in me. What does it mean to remain in Christ? To remain in Christ means to abide in Christ. To be connected and plugged in to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To have a vital communion with Jesus Christ. That's what it means to remain in Christ. And so the opposite of remaining in Christ is to be disconnected from Christ. To be far from Christ. To have little or no communion with Christ. And then the second phrase that Jesus uses over and over again is the phrase, bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. Bear much fruit simply means this. If you look at an apple tree, you expect to see some apples. If you look at a mango tree, you expect to see some mangoes. If you look at a grapevine, you expect to see some grapes. Now here's the thing. If you look at a Christian, you expect to see some Christianity. And so that the opposite of bearing much fruit is no apples, no mangoes, no grapes, no signs, no evidence of Christianity. And so the questions, the two questions that I have for you this morning are this. Are you remaining in Christ? And are you bearing much fruit? And at this point, I could provide you with a long laundry of list of things that you can do in order to remain in Christ. I can provide you with a long list of things that you can do in order to Bear much fruit. But I'm going to take a different approach this morning. And this morning, I'm going to share a few examples. And my prayer is that these examples will stimulate a dialogue between you and the Holy Spirit regarding what remaining in Christ and bearing much fruit might look like in your life and in your unique context. And so here's the first example. In 2008, I had the opportunity to uh, visit the Philippines with a pastor. His name is Pastor Dan Chun from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. And I thought it was going to be a really wonderful trip. Man, I would be able to visit my mother's, uh, my, actually my wife's motherland. And I, I was expecting to eat some authentic chicken adobo. I was expecting to sip some cool hollow hollow while sitting on the beach. But to my surprise, our tour guide didn't take us 
to the pretty places in the Philippines. Instead, we were taken to the underground world and the slums and places that were conveniently tucked away from public view. And what I saw had a profound impact on my life. Our tour guide took us to visit families living in poverty. This picture is of a, of a family that's living in poverty that I got to visit. This is the Badilla family. Mr. Badilla lost his wife to illness. And so he is a dad that's taking care of his five kids. Mr. Badilla is a taxi driver. He makes $10 a day. $10 a day, and that's on a good day. And if you calculate that, that's about $300 a month. This family barely has enough to scrape by. This is a, uh, the next picture is a picture of uh, the family's kitchen. They live in a home that's about the size of this portion of the stage here. The next picture is a picture of the dining room table. Next is a picture of where they shower. This is where they take a bath. Nextly is a picture of their bedroom. They live next to a river. The river floods twice a year. And so you can see the water damage from the years of flooding. And in the midst of this desperate poverty, I was introduced to a group of Christians that were serious about remaining in Christ and bearing much fruit. Pictured here are members of a local church. And this local church partners with Compassion International. And what happens is this local church finds children in need, children living in poverty. And then Compassion International finds sponsors, sponsors like you and I, that are willing to give $38 a month. And, and what happens is Compassion will link child and sponsor together to change the life of a child one life at a time. And my wife and I, we, we sponsor four children I sponsor, we sponsor two children through Compassion International, one child through the Salvation Army, and one child through World, World Vision. And we de- made a commitment lo- a long time ago in our marriage that as we were able to, we would help children that are living in poverty. And I got to meet one of the children that my wife and I sponsor. In the picture is Richard Badilla. I met one of our sponsored children. This is Richard And I met him and his family, and I got to see where they live. The neat thing is that it is through this local church, through these members of this local church, that Richard receives food, medical care, educational opportunities, life skills training. And most importantly, it is through this local church 
that Richard gets to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and where he is encouraged to develop a lifelong relationship with God. In the midst of this desperate poverty, I met a group of Christians that were serious about remaining in Christ and bearing much fruit. Our tour guide also took us to a particular area in the Philippines where a high infant mortality rate was claiming the lives of babies. And it was extreme poverty that's to blame. And pictured here is a home where a family of nine live. The size of this home is literally eight feet by eight feet. I'm six feet. If you add one more feet here and one more feet there, eight feet by eight feet. That's literally the size of this home for a family of nine. If you think about it, your two-car garage is 20 feet by 20 feet usually. If I cut your two-car garage in half, that's 10 by 10. Your one-car garage is still bigger than this family's home, which is eight feet by eight feet. This, this home is so small that the mother was telling me that they need to sleep, at ship, uh, sleep, sleep in shifts at night. And so the first... Uh, shift, which is usually four or five family members, will sleep. Will get to sleep on the floor, and then they wake up at about one o'clock a.m. So that the next shift of four or five family members can have a chance to sleep on the floor as well. This is the mom of this home, and she's doing her best, but it's a continual struggle to provide for the needs. Of her children. Rent is $50 a month. And I remember her telling us that she's struggling to pay rent and that they're kind of behind and she's extremely fearful that they won't be able to pay the rent for the next couple of months and they might end up on the street soon. And I remember pulling my tour guide aside, and I remember taking out my wallet and saying, hey, here's some money. This should take care of their rent for the remainder of the year. And my tour guide said, thank you so much for your kindness. However, we can't take your money because you have to go through the proper channels. And I was so frustrated that I couldn't help And it was heartbreaking to see families living in this type of horrific conditions in the midst of this desperate poverty. I met a group of Christians that were serious about remaining in Christ and bearing much fruit. This is a group of ladies. And these ladies are working to save the lives of babies in poverty. These amazing women, they lace up their sneakers every single day and they make house visits. 
They visit mothers and babies, and they provide them with health checkups. They provide them with nutritious food and milk. They provide them with the necessary resources to help take care of their baby. They give them training on how to keep a clean and safe home. And most importantly, these mothers learn about Jesus. And these mothers are prayed for. And these mothers receive a Bible. In the midst of this desperate poverty, I met this group of Christians. They were serious about remaining in Christ and bearing much fruit. Our tour guide also took us to the underground world of the Philippines. It is in bars and brothels like this where young women are trafficked and sold for sexual exploitation. And many of these young women are minors. In the Philippines, it is estimated that there are some 500,000 to 800,000 that are victims of human trafficking and are sold for sexual exploitation. 500 to 800,000 victims. 500 to 800,000 human beings made in the image of God. The Philippines is ranked number four in the world for the most children that are victimized as part of the commercial sex trade. In the midst of this dark, underground world of injustice. I met some Christians that were serious, serious about remaining in Christ and bearing much fruit. Pictured here is International Justice Mission of the Philippines. International Justice Mission is a faith-based human rights agency. They call themselves IJM for short. And IJM's mission is to bring rescue to victims of slavery, sexual exploitation, and other forms of violent oppression. Pictured here are lawyers, investigators, and aftercare professionals in IGM's field office in Manila. And I got to spend two days with this, these amazing brothers and sisters in Christ. And I got to watch what they do. Their work begins with them going underground into these bars and brothels as undercover agents. And as undercover agents, they will gather intel And once they feel like they've gathered enough intel, sometimes it takes months and years, they'll work with the lawyers that are on staff. And together, they will, if they feel like they have sufficient information, they will contact the local authorities and they'll coordinate a raid. 
And during these raids, their hope is that they'll rescue some of these young women from, this, from sexual exploitation. And their hope is that they will be able to, to catch these pimps and bar and brothel owners and throw them behind bars. But it's frustrating working with the local authorities, they tell me. Because many times the local authorities are corrupt themselves. And so many times these pimps and these bar and brothel owners pay off the local authorities to tip them off, to leak information on when these raids would take place. And sometimes um, all this work, months, and sometimes even years of hard work go down the tube. But these amazing brothers and sisters in Christ, they don't let these temporary setbacks fluster them. They don't give up. They keep fighting They keep battling. They keep contending for justice. Here's a story of a successful raid that they conducted just last year. This article is dated October the 3rd of 2014. And listen to this article. In just one week, IJM helped police rescue 17 girls and young women from four different bars in the Philippines. The team of IJM staff worked around the clock nearly 100 hours on this back-to-back operation. On September 24, a team of police and IJM staff entered the bar. Customers were seated at plastic chairs around flimsy tables, drinking beer and watching one another sing karaoke. The VIP rooms in the back of the bar contained old mattresses where customers could pay to abuse a girl. Less than a week later, on October 1, IJM helped police with another complicated operation. This one targeted three bars on the same street at the same time. At first, many of the girls inside huddled together afraid, confused, and unsure of who they could trust. An IJM lawyer described one of the bars as dungeon-like. IJM social workers and other support staff explained what was going on to these 13 young women that were rescued from these three bars, and they worked around the clock to ensure that these girls were never left alone. Later that night, one of the survivors, one of the rescued girls, explained how they had been paraded in front of customers, shown off like goods for sale. She said that she had lost hope. Then she added that God must be behind this rescue. And she felt he, God, is the one making a new life for her. After these girls are rescued, IGM's aftercare professionals, they spring into action and they provide these rescued girls with around-the-clock counseling. These rescued girls then enter their aftercare programs where they get to rebuild their lives emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I had the honor and the privilege of meeting some of these rescued girls. Pictured here are some of the victims that 
were rescued who graduated from one of IGM's aftercare programs, and I got to meet these amazing people of God. Check out this fruit. This is amazing fruit. And I remember talking to one of the girls, and she said to me, I'm studying to be a journalist. Another one of these girls told me, I'm studying to be an accountant. One girl, she blew, she blew me away. She said, I'm studying to be a lawyer so that I can continue the fight against injustice in my beloved country. In the midst of this dark underground world of injustice is a group of Christians that are serious, serious about remaining in Christ and bearing much fruit. Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Throughout my time in the Philippines, I met Christians who were remaining in Christ and bearing much fruit. But here's the thing. They were no different than you and I. They were ordinary people, just like you and I. They were surrendered and yielded and submitted to the Lord's will. And the Lord, in turn, used them to bear much fruit, to make a difference, to make an impact, to push back the forces of darkness in Jesus' name. And I believe that God wants to use you and I to also make a difference, to also make an impact, to also bear much fruit. But it begins as we remain in Christ, as we abide in Christ, as we stay connected, stay plugged in to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we are in vital communion with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, Jesus says to us, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Let's be a people of God that remains in Christ in order that we might bear much fruit. <laughs> 